Hi, and welcome to the Mentoring Lab Podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Kelly. And this is the intro before the intro because we actually have a special episode this week. It's going to be in two parts for you guys. Yes, the content was so good that the conversation just went on a little bit extra long. So we decided to break it into two parts for you. Obviously, part one you'll be listening to right now. And part two, you can listen to on Friday, which is in two days. All right, guys. So make sure be a listen, Linda, and make sure you listen today and you listen again on Friday. Enjoy. Hi, this is the Mentoring Lab Podcast where we create a work BFF mentoring movement, one episode at a time. Here are your hosts, Sarah and Kelly. Welcome to the Mentoring Lab Podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Kelly. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Well, Kelly, um, it has been an interesting day. Uh, We're just we have been talking for hours and have been trying to record this episode for hours, but technology has not been our friend today. No, it has not. (laughs) (laughs) Been interesting. um, Still navigating new territory, freshwater, so to speak, and also trying to get um, technology on our side and no staticky. So fingers crossed, this is going to record beautifully. Um, So, before we get into our weekly toast, just wondering how you're doing today. Oh, Sarah, you know how I'm doing today. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm fabulous. <laughs> you're always fabulous. I'll get you one day. No, no. <laughs> no. That's pretty good. Yeah, I, I feel pretty feel pretty good today off work. Um, feel rested and happy, even though this is, again, like three or four hours in the making trying to record, but we've been very patient and kind to each other. So, all right. So our weekly toast to our win and to our losses. So what was your win and what was your loss or otherwise your lesson learned for the week? I would say my win for the week was I have had a couple really super productive and um, useful mentoring sessions on two different occasions that they were just really good, fruitful growth um, um, focused discussions. And um, I hope that the mentees felt the same way, but I walked away with it feeling like, wow, that was a really great discussion. And they went the whole hour. So that was my win. Um, Two really great mentoring sessions. That's awesome. And what was your loss? And my loss is, um, I may have shared this before, but I'm going to go with it again, is my excitement to do so many things um, would probably be my loss because I want to do all the things that I'm doing. And um, it's it's not necessarily a time management thing. It's a, you're trying to do too many things in a very limited amount of time. So I would say my loss would be time. So it may be, as we discussed previously, you know, a time to say no to mm-hmm. some things that I can't say yes to everything. So that would be my loss. And what about you? What's your win? So my win, I was thinking about this um, for the last week, is I, I actually, a, a rather big initiative has dropped itself onto my lap um, at my day job. And I'm really excited. It's a it's a huge challenge. It's a big challenge with a very short uh, deadline, turnaround time, um, something that would normally take a year, and I have less than a year to make it happen. 
but I can't explain it. It's kind of like lit a fire inside of me and it's, it's, it's excited me. So that's my win for the week. I just have this big initiative, this challenge coming my way that I need to start working on and developing as organizational wide. So I'm really excited about it. Um, I guess that's one of my needs that I need is just constant, like something new and challenging um, to do. And then my loss is I was I had to think hard on this because I really felt like I had a pretty good week. Um, and then I was actually thinking back to some of the notes I had written down for today's episode um, about communication. And I think I had a couple aha moments in writing some of my notes of some lessons learned of how I wish I would have did things differently. And I'll touch on that a little bit later when we actually get into the episode. Um, it wasn't a really, I, I took a deep dive that I was like, I could have done better at handling situations with certain colleagues in terms of communication. So that, uh, I guess, would be my loss or my lesson learned for the week. And it's, of course, obviously, it's going to help me just do better in the future. So, Of course, of course. <laughs> so are you ready for our um, Whiskey Wednesday toast? I am ready. I'm a little nervous because I poured this a while ago and, you know, it was chilled because I'm, I'm a wimp. I need it chilled. And then our technology issues, but uh, I'm ready. Let's do it. Yeah. Just Sarah, when it's time, just drink it down. Just <laughs> drink it down. <laughs> okay. Here you go. Here's to our wins. Here's to our losses. Here's one day being our own bosses. Cheers. Cheers. Oh. It was, mm. Ooh, it that was, was good. good. That was good. It's got a little kick to it. Um, that was peach. Oh, mine the first, was good, but it was a little warm. <laughs> <laughs> but you just drank it down like a champ. Yeah, That's my I girl. Did. That's my girl. Um, so the, oh. the first time I had peach whiskey was um, at a wedding reception. I had not had it before. And believe it or not, uh, we couldn't find any soda or anything to put with it. So uh, we mixed it. I know this sounds god awful icky, oh god. but we mixed it with pink lemonade. Oh my God, that sounds awful. I mean, that sounds awesome, <laughs> not awful. But that, wow. uh, it was. It actually was because we're, you know, we're just like, well, what do we mix it with? So we mixed it with pink lemonade and it actually turned out to be really good. So that's why I was looking forward to trying um, that peach shot today. No, I love that. Um, yeah, I take that back. I didn't mean to sound say it sound awful. I it sounded freaking awesome. Yeah, because the sweetness of the pink lemonade mixed with the peach um, whiskey that had to be like delicious. It actually really was. I was equally surprised when we had it, and um, it was good. Definitely a good day. So, anyway, are you ready to get on with today's episode? I'm, I'm, girl, you know we've been ready for hours now. <laughs> yeah, let's <laughs> do it. All right, so. Today, um, I think, is kind of a fun episode. Um, I think there'll be a lot of like aha moments, relatable moments, um, and hopefully um, some tidbits that each of us can take away um, from this episode. So basically, today we're going to talk about um, communication. Today's episode is all about communication. I'm going to do the first part and specifically talking about colleagues who don't listen or maybe communicate very well. And then Kelly is going to round us out with how we can be heard better to make people listen to us in the workplace. So, all right. So part one, colleagues who don't listen. All right. So these are colleagues I like to refer to as the, I don't remember colleague. You never said that, colleague. Um, also, recently, 
I guess, and I say recently, but in the past like one to two years, I've also called these uh, gaslighters in the workplace. And I'll touch on that more in a minute. But now, Sarah, that's a new term. What is that gaslighting? <laughs> so gaslighting, right. When I mentioned this to you before, you were like, I've heard that, but I'm not sure I understand. So typically um, when a gaslighter, it's usually... If you if you look it up, it's more reserved for like on the romantic or like intimate relationships where you have a partner who um, does things that makes you question yourself. So, for example, I looked up the actual I looked up a definition from psychology today and they call gaslighting is a malicious and hidden form of mental and emotional abuse designed um, to plant seeds of self-doubt and alter your perception of reality. So, uh a lot of times that happens like in personal intimate relationships. But I think now that we're becoming more aware of what it is, we're seeing it more and more in the workplace. And it's not that it's just suddenly showing up there. It's just always been there. These these people have always been there. They've always been manipulating the situation. We just didn't have a name to put it other than they're a manipulator or they're the forgetful ones. Um, so the, this the gaslighter to me is uh, just colleagues who don't listen. So they're showing up to every meeting, they're taking notes. They seem like they're 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 there. They're actively, supposedly, allegedly, actively listening, participating, asking questions. And if you're like me, when I lead a meeting, at the end of the meeting, especially if there's like taskers or do outs or things that need to be done, like we do a round robin and we make sure everyone understands their responsibilities, everyone's in agreement, you know, does anyone have any questions? And typically, you know, these people are like, nope, gotcha, crystal clear, moving out. But then when you follow up with that person, this has been my experience. Um, they're like, they tell me I never said that. They didn't hear that. They don't remember it that way. I must have said that in another meeting, blah, 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 blah. Fill in the blank there. And I have worked with a couple of people like this. And the one person I worked with for several years, it got to the point to where I started questioning my own sanity. And I know this sounds crazy, but I would look to other colleagues and be like, you were in the same meeting. Did I not say this, especially if it was a project or initiative I was leading at the time as just, you know, a coworker um, or a project lead? I'm like, did I not say this? Did we not all agree on this? Like, I needed to look to other coworkers to make sure I wasn't crazy because this person was making me feel like I was crazy and doubting myself. And that's what notorious gaslighters are are good at doing. It's just you're, you're starting to question yourself. Um, basically... They come at you and they don't know what you're talking about. They say they don't know what you're talking about. And I've walked away in meetings with these types of people or even email communication or telephone calls where I feel more confused after communicating with them. And I've really started questioning myself. So that's what I'm talking about. I don't know if you have experience with that in the workplace or not. Not that I am vividly aware of. Um, like I said, it's a new term for me. I was like, gaslighting, what is that? So uh-huh. it sounds familiar. Um, I'm, I'm sure I probably have experienced it. Um, but what comes to mind is um, why different boards 
have minutes and meetings. You take meeting minutes because things are discussed in the meeting. Decisions are made. Everyone has the opportunity to speak up and agree on it. And then they send it out and they get everyone to concur. So that makes really good sense because then it doesn't give people the opportunity to say, I didn't agree to that. I didn't commit to that. Do you know what I mean? So totally. Yeah. It's starting to come together. I'm I'm seeing where you're going. (laughs) Yeah. So Right. So I've worked with people like this for years, again, and didn't know this term until a couple of years ago. And um, so what I've learned from working with these types of colleagues is document, document, document. Or I like to joke now, I never thought these words would come out of my mouth. As the young people would say, right, these days, keep receipts. And that means document everything, especially when you're working with these types of colleagues. Um, Document every meeting. And like you just said with board of directors, this is actually just good general practice anyways, is to write everything down. And after the meeting, you follow up um, specifically with these people, if not the entire team that's involved with any meeting highlights. And again, highlighting the responsibilities, any due dates of things um, that need to be completed. And I would even say for sometimes, depending on how uh, how much further you want to go, I, I have mixed feelings about this. I'll be honest with you. When I get read receipts and emails, um, I sometimes they offend me. And sometimes because I'm like, is it really necessary, especially if it's just like an FYI and you're not really asking me to do anything, but someone has read receipts on everything um, that it's kind of an annoyance of mine. But when you're dealing with people like this who are like, I don't remember you saying that I don't remember having to do this or that's not my interpretation. Um, you never sent that, et cetera. I would say to even go a step further and do a read receipt just so you have all this documentation. It's really important to have. And then after that, if this behavior continues, and this is like what I was alluding to earlier with a lesson learned is I could have, should have, would have. Um, I did have a conversation with a particular person who kept doing this to me, but I wasn't very direct about it. And we can be a direct without being an asshole, right? Um, And I say confront them. And I don't mean in a, a vicious, mean way, but just saying, hey, I'm putting them on notice. I'm holding them accountable. But basically, it's because I've noticed a pattern. Every time we have a meeting and we go around and, you know, we ask, does anyone have any questions or issues? You always say no. And then at the end of the meeting, within the next day, um, someone sends out uh, like minutes, like you would call them, Kelly, any do outs responsibilities. You never object. You never have anything to say like, no, that wasn't my interpretation. But then when it comes to the actual deadline and me reaching out, you're acting like this is the first time you've heard it. So I would have similar kind of like those conversations, but I wouldn't be as direct with it because I also felt like I didn't want to come off across like a jerk. But then also the person was so damn good at manipulating me (laughs) into making me feel by the end of the conversation, sometimes I would be apologizing because I wasn't as clear as I thought I was. But then it, it was really just a form of manipulation. So I think it's important to have those one-on-ones with the person, you you have to hold them accountable and put them on notice. Like, look, I'm, I'm noticing a pattern here. Every time we have a meeting, every time an email sent, what have you, um, you're always like, I don't know, that wasn't told to you, but, but I'm seeing this almost in every circumstance. Let's talk about this. Why is this happening? And also, if you're having that one-on-one with them, whether it's a verbal, like an in-person or a telephone call, is also to document that in your record and, and have that. I think that's really important. And then the next step, which I hate to involve 
um, management, like I always feel like that's the last result is to take it up a notch. But if you're not getting what you need from this person, if they're continually gaslighting you, so to speak, um, not meeting deadlines or things on their end, that's really affecting you, you're able to produce products as well as your team as a whole, then you're going to have to take it up a level to whether that is your first line supervisor or second line manager, etc. But then you have those receipts, right? You have the documentation, um, where you have sent things out, you have made it crystal clear, and you've also have tried to have a conversation with this person one-on-one to see, you know, if there's a misunderstanding, if also trying to understand them better, because maybe they don't realize what they're doing to you. Um, and I think a lot, you can find that out through having that conversation. So do you have any thoughts on that? Well, um, yeah, actually, um, that was a lot of great information that you were sharing. A couple of things came to mind is especially in this um, tele- Maxone telework environment that we're working in, most of us are not meeting in person. We're meeting in teams and um, we're doing a lot of business by email. So I find that with email, you are commuting, not you personally, but people in general, you're communicating the way you think it's clear. Like you said that I think I'm being pretty clear, but you don't always know how it's being received on the other end. So um, I've noticed that, you know, there's a significant increase in the number of emails that are coming in and sometimes you don't get to all of them. So do you have any recommendations for management of asks if you will, when using email and to help with the communication so people are clearly understanding what the asks are. So I actually do. And I'm glad you brought that up because that goes to the second part of what I'm about to touch on. So we talked about the gaslighter, the I don't know, you never said that, I don't understand colleague. So the second type of colleague with communication is really going to hit on what you just said. And this is the one I often joke that makes me scream at my computer or tell my work BFF that I just want to be like, listen, Linda, <laughs> listen, right? I put it in the email. What don't you understand? So the listen Lindas that I call are not the gaslighters, but these are mostly colleagues, um, coworkers, team members, et cetera, either close or, or spread throughout the organization company that you mostly communicate through email. So you laid out a beautifully step-by-step email or so you thought, right? And this person never responds or they respond with a thank you. Oh, what does that thank you even mean, right? Especially right. when I ha- <laughs> when I'm asking something of them, either to review something, um, to complete a task by a certain deadline. And they're just like, thank you. And I'm like, oh, okay. So clearly um, they didn't read it. They're just acknowledging receipt. Right. Or or I shouldn't say clearly. It's implied they clearly didn't read it because they're not saying, thank you, I'll get right on it. They're just saying, thank right. you, received. <laughs> right. So that, right. So when you're asking something of someone, and you and I have talked about this before, because we do, we get inundated. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can be away from Outlook. I actually have time blocks on my calendar when I go in and check Outlook because we can live in freaking email all day and actually not be productive or get any quote unquote real work real work, excuse me, that's kind of a tongue twister for me, <laughs> complete it because we're so busy answering emails. And I remember, you know, the last couple of weeks, I think I was out of email for two hours and I came back and I'm not exaggerating. I think I counted like 120 emails. And I was like, this is freaking ridiculous. So what I have told my team and what I've um, tried to instill in them and um, like through mentoring or just best practices is 
we are getting inundated and it's gotten worse with the COVID environment and everyone working from home. If you need something from someone, because a lot of times we are CC'd on emails where it's just an FYI, an FYSA, you know, a CYA, whatever, and it's just really defile it. But if you need something from me or we're asking something of someone, we should put it in the subject line. So whether we're requesting their review, whether we're requesting their signature, um, put the actionable item in the subject line. Like that would really help when you're getting those 100 plus emails, or even if you're just getting five emails, it's still going to help for you to make, and now don't do a mile long subject line either, but be direct in what you need. And if you need for your review, and then followed by a couple of words, for your signature, followed by a couple of words. And then also, if you actually have a due date, if you could put that in the subject line too, that I think is a, is a good um, best practice to live by. So also the listen Linda's is, when you send out an email, especially after a meeting, okay, so maybe they're not a gaslighter. It's like, I don't remember doing that. I don't remember having this conversation, you know, the convenient amnesia. Um, you, you clearly, you write this beautiful email and you're like, okay, these are the three things I need you to do, Kelly. And these are the three things I I need to do. And you come back to me and you ask me a question. And I feel like if you just would have read the email, maybe twice, you would have the answer that you need. And that's what makes me say, listen, Linda, of course, I'm never going to say that to you. But I think we need to slow down, you know, and we could take our own advice um, when we're reading emails from other people. But this is what causes us immediately to go per my email below, as stated below, like, and I'm, I'm, if you hear a tap, I'm tapping on my desk, because we all do that, you know, Working in training and development, um, we I can I can pride myself to say we are pretty thorough um, when we send out especially I'll just say for mandatory training we will give you every freaking step you need. Trust me, we're that good. And someone will come back and say, "What do I need to do?" And I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" If you would just look down and immediately I want to say <laughs> per my email, right? So, and this is really just in response to that person. They're asking a question if they would clearly take time to go back and just um, reread the email. But then also we want to do the same per my email to those where we write out our beautifully step-by-step email. And I say, hey, Kelly, I need this from you. And you never respond back or you respond with a thank you. And I'm like, well, what does a thank you mean? Thank you. I'm working on it. Thank you. Understood. Thank you. Follow that thank you by something else. Because if I don't hear from you, I am going to write back and say, per my email below, I need you to do this. So what I've learned from working with these types of employees. So for my per my email below colleague is when people come back to you and you have crafted a pretty good email that lays everything out, and you're for sure it does, kindly redirect them to that email. So a lot of times they attach on top of the email you just sent. So just say in there, instead of maybe per my email, please refer to the email below. I think you will find all the information there. If not, let me know. And Kelly, you shared with me, you have like this you you said you have found by the third, you've had to do that up to three times when it's been clearly stated. And you found usually the third time, sometimes it's a soft spot where people actually go back and they're like, oh, okay. 
Yeah. So in my experience, um, personally, is I'm guilty of the same thing, not intentionally, but I know the person that has the answer. So instead of researching the information myself, I would reach out to the person. And it, and I seriously, it only took three times of this person to say, here's the answer, but this is where you can find it in the future. And it taught me. So instead of bothering this person who has pointed me to the location where the correct information is multiple times, I go there first and I check. And if I can't find it there, then I reach out to the person. And to me, that was very effective. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it was it was a lesson learned on my part that, you know, I, I move at a very fast pace and I'm like, I need this answer. How can I get this answer? Bang, that's the person I need to call. And I would call that person and they'd say, okay, well, here's the answer, but this is where you can find it. So um, they planted the seed of where the information is within me. And that that really helped condition me to go look for where the information could be found before asking the question that was already readily available at my fingertips. No, I love that. Like, that's really good advice is the person provided like a short answer, but also directed you to where you can find even more information on that for the future. So it is a like a learning moment and you're and she he or she is training you. Um, so to speak, to go and, and hunt out. So in the future, now you know where you can go to find more information on that topic. I like that. So we have the per my email below colleague where we've already laid out everything. So what about the unresponsive colleague? So this is a person where you need something from them and they just haven't responded. Um, or they just respond, thank you. Or got it. Okay, what does that mean, right? So first off, when, you, when you're going back to them a second time, I always recommend do a sanity check. Look at your email. Again, this isn't like the gaslighters where you know that it's going to come, it's going to happen, because um, sometimes we're not perfect, right? So sometimes you may have actually missed something and weren't very clear. And I know, Kelly, when I was discussing this with you before, like some emails where I've seen like this, she's like, you had mentioned to me, you're like, yeah, it's kind of like when you just throw shit over the fence and <laughs> right. <an> email. out <laughs> and you're like, yeah. they don't put it in context. You know, they yes. just throw, and, and that's exactly it. They just throw it right over the fence and assume that you want, you know what they're talking about when they're referencing something from two weeks ago or whatever. You got to put things in context. You got to give someone a starting point to know what it is you're talking about. But when you just throw that stuff over the fence, it takes time to figure out what are they talking about? What are they asking of me? Is there even an ask here? So always, always just put it in context. A couple sentences right up front, um, the bluff, bottom line up front. This is what it's about. This is what I need, whatever. Get that sentence or two, and then you're like, okay, I know what they're asking me for, and then you can read on. Right. So that helps with your sanity check. Make sure you didn't just throw some shit over the fence. They have no right. clue what you're talking about. Right. Um, so that goes into maybe the email wasn't clear. Maybe you didn't state there was a due date. Maybe there's no actionable items actually listed for them to do. Or if there was, maybe you do have that information, but it's so convoluted. Like I've gotten emails that have been like a page or longer, and I've been like, I, I've clearly been like, what the hell do you want me to do? And chances are, right, you're going to get one or two reactions. I'm either going to ignore it because I'm like, I don't have time to figure this out. or I'm going to write back and I'm going to ask you a question. And like, I'm sorry, what do you need me to do? And right, exactly. Right. And that's when you're going to have those WTF moments are like, I just told you in a page and a half what you need to do, but it wasn't clear. So do the sanity check. So once you've done your sanity check and you're like, yep, I was crystal clear. Everything's up front. What I need them to do is I, I'm going to advise you to just be direct. 
you're gonna send another email on top. I cannot tell you how many times I've I've talked to people and I'm like, you've got to hold people accountable. They don't know what they don't know. And sometimes at the end of the day, they honestly don't know. But sometimes it's because no one is holding them accountable and holding their feet to the fire. So you have to be direct. You did your sanity check. Everything's in there. All the T's are crossed. All the I's are dotted. Send another email on top. And if you can, especially if it's just the second time, reframe from saying, per my email below, I needed such and such, right? Or Kelly was a new one for me where she was like, people have written see below. And I'm like, oh, like that. I don't know why that would be a trigger that would um, hit a nerve with me. But what I do is I say I'm following up on the below email on the below request on the below, whatever insert here. I've also used, hey, I'm checking on the status of X, Y, Z. This is due by this date or this was due. And sometimes even give the person an out and let them know, hey, this is the due date. You either missed it or it's coming up. And if you can't make it, then please let me know as soon as possible, but no later than this date. We've got to start holding people accountable. We need to be very direct in our communication of what we need. And when I say direct, I don't mean be a jerk to them. But like Kelly was saying, make sure we're clear. Make sure we have our due date. We're just not throwing crap over to them. Make sure everything's up there. And provide a due date. Um, Restate the due date. Ask them if anything is unclear. Ask them if they have questions. Um, Because I've had conversations where people were had genuinely left a meeting or training or whatever. And they're like, nope, I don't have any questions. We'll come to find out later when they got communication, they did have questions. But for a, a myriad of reasons, they never came back and asked them. And one of them is because people are, are fearful, I'm just going to say, it, of looking stupid or not right. being able to of not being able to comprehend. And I don't ever want anyone, I'd rather you ask me a question and I hate when people are like, oh, there. this may be a stupid question. And sometimes with my team members, I joke and I'm like, there aren't stupid questions, just stupid people. What's your question? And <laughs> like, I tell you, they don't say that to me anymore, right? But no question is stupid. So give. sometimes you have to open that door and give that outlet. Hey, if this isn't clear, let me know. If you have any questions, let me know. I want to help you. I, 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 we need to get this done t- together. Um, and then again, going back to the subject line, like Kelly mentioned earlier, and I mentioned put the actionable item in there if possible, your due date, if you're requesting, if you need signature. Um, another trigger thing that could be for, I know for Kelly and I personally, and I'm sure other people can feel it, is stay away from the word hot. I can't tell you many times in subject line, and Kelly's nodding her head, yes, you guys can't see that, um, where people put hot in the subject line. If you work in an industry that we work in, Every single person would think their stuff is hot. It's not. (laughs) And it's not going to get my attention any sooner because sometimes when things are hot, it's because people did some poor planning on their end. And now they're trying to make up for time by shoving it in my way and saying, this has got to be done, you know, by end of day. But use time sensitive. If it is time sensitive, there's nothing wrong with putting time sensitive in the subject line. That is going to get our attention. Hot, uh, It might get our attention, but it might not because everyone is using hot. But if it is truly time sensitive, you need to put that in the subject line. Right. And hot doesn't put it in context either. That doesn't tell me anything. Do you know what I mean? You know, something like time sensitive lets me know, oh, this has to be done, you know, by a certain date or time or what have you. So, yeah, hot does not does not resonate with me at all. doesn't mean anything. Right. Is it hot like FYI, you need to know this or your situational awareness? Or is it really, is it boiling down to it? It's a time sensitive. It's a deadline. Like this is due by close of business. This is due tomorrow. This is due by the end of the week to hire up. Yes. Yeah, so or, or is hot meaning it's just very important. 
Right. Exactly. (laughs) Right. I could just say, oh, this is just something I need to read later, but not anything I need to act on. Exactly. Right. So going back, just really these listen Linda's out there, right? Where we're like, why don't they just listen? Meaning why don't they read the email clearly? The most important thing, the mentoring advice that I've given people and I try to follow is you really got to hold the reader accountable. So go back twice, at least via email, right? Have those receipts, so to speak, following up with them, asking them, were, you know, is anything not clear? Do they have questions, et cetera? Then if you're still getting nowhere, then you got to follow up with a phone call. And I always hate sometimes, give or take, uh, who I'm talking to doing a phone call. Because again, sometimes I feel like they're like, yeah, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. But usually the people who don't have you an email and don't respond, they'll tell me on the phone, they, they understand everything and they still won't act. So even after you have that phone call, you write an email saying, hey, I just want to recap our conversation today. I'm going to do X, Y, Z. You're going to do X, Y, Z by this due date. Any questions, let me know. Um, and if it wasn't a COVID world, I would say, get up out of your chair and walk down and have a, a face-to-face conversation. But we can still do that through Zoom and MS Teams. And, I actually, and pick up the phone. The phone yeah. still works. The phone's not broke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's the phone call. I actually prefer like a face-to-face. Yep. Um, so if you can do a Zoom call, if you can do an MS Teams call with them rather than, yeah, picking up the phone is great, but actually seeing face-to-face too and like seeing kind of gauging their facial expressions. I like to see, especially when they have ignored what I appear to the, they're ignoring my communication two or three times through email and we're just not on the same page. Um, I like to have that interaction where we're actually seeing each other. Well, and Sarah, what you just said, you made me think that it might be um, not that they're ignoring you. It might be, it was a page and a half of instructions or communication that True. just wasn't clear to them. So they just put it aside because they're like, oh, I can't, I can't deal with that right now. Cause it's too much. Do you know what I mean? So I don't, I personally don't think that people deliberately ignore or blow people off. I think that, um, if you make oh, you're it simple, very nice. <laughs> I am very nice. <laughs> if you make it simple, that's what I, I'm like, the easier you make it for me, to understand and respond, the quicker you're going to get a response. If you want something signed, send me the form and say, I need you to sign and block X. Bam, I'll sign and block X. Or um, I need you to review this, whatever. The easier you make it for me as the receiver, the easier and the quicker it's going to be to get you what you want. So that's my thought on it, is take that into consideration when you're um, communicating with people on email. The easier you make it for them, the quicker and easier it's going to be for you to get what you want. All right, guys, that was um, part one. Hope you really enjoyed it. And we want to thank you again for being a part of our Work BFF Mentoring Tribe. Our movement grows through your support of our show and by all of us answering the call to support other women at work through our mentorship and friendship. We would love to hear from you. So drop us a comment on our Facebook or Instagram page, The Mentoring Lab Podcast. And from your Work BFF mentors, tune in to the next episode.